I don't know if you're someone who gears up for the Summer Olympics. I know of a friend whose family plans their schedules, their vacation, their work, who they're gonna see, who they're gonna hang out with around the Summer Olympics. It's something that we're fascinated by, the races, the events, the cheering, the, the, the seeing of achievement of human willpower and discipline, and of course, the limits and capacity of our bodies. You know, something that was also inspired by the Olympics in the late 1800s was a run known as a marathon that has now its own separate event. And the idea for the modern marathon was inspired by the legend of an ancient Greek messenger, Philippides, who raced from the site of Marathon to Athens, a distance of about 40 kilometers or nearly 25 miles, with the news of an important Greek triumph over the threatening and invading army of Persians circa 490 BC. After making his announcement that scholars and those who study legends believe was Karate Nikomen, joyful tidings, or what joy we have won. That after he made this announcement, the very tired messenger collapsed and died. And to commemorate the, his dramatic run, the distance of the 1896 Olympic marathon was set at 40 kilometers, which of course has since been adjusted. But what a wonderful story about an event that takes place that these townspeople aren't uh, involved in, they don't participate in, they don't fight it, they don't earn the victory, and yet they are told that they are free. They are free. That reminds me of another story, somewhat similar. It's the story of Juneteenth. Juneteenth has recently become a federal holiday, something that hasn't been done since 1983 when the federal government established Martin Luther King Jr. Day as a federal holiday. This holiday was to honor the 19th of June when news reached slaves in Galveston, Texas, that the Civil War was not only over, that the North had won, but that the slaves had in, in fact been set free years before, according to Abraham Lincoln's then president's Emancipation Proclamation. The war had been fought and won, but some battles continued, we know this historically. And in the case of Galveston, Texas, slaves and slave owners still believed that slavery existed, that that's the way life would be. But indeed, it had been announced and ended legally two years before, and just two and a half months before the Civil War had officially concluded. These two stories are good stories to frame the question, if the kingdom of heaven has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ and in, is among us by the power of the Spirit, as Pastor Nate preached some weeks ago, 
why does earth still seem so messed up? Today, as part of our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, we're focusing on that line, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And next week we'll look at as it is in heaven. But today on earth, if I were to ask you, does the world seem like it's been set free? Does it seem to you that the world is full of peace and joy? Is there enough for everyone? Is there justice? Are we all reconciled to one another? Have we been healed? I didn't have to get far before you probably started shaking your head. No. The earth is messed up, isn't it? We read it in the news. We experience it in our own family systems and neighborhoods. The pandemic shut down entire economies and continues to linger. We still don't know what the fallout really will be internationally. Tensions have boiled over. We hear vitriol and see violence. The politics have divided us. We have felt lied to over and over again. Earth hurts. The reality, the world we live in, it hurts. Living on earth means we grow old and say goodbye often. Our bodies, our minds, maybe even our spirits start giving out on us. It means we lose children and homes. We lose jobs and relationships. We lose our minds and memories. We lose our drive, our hope, our loved ones. We lose ourselves. I have friends, I'm sure you might, family members, people you care about who believe that this is all there is. This is all they can see. And I always want to look at them and ask them if this is it. This is all there is. Isn't that incredibly tragic? That Some people who died years ago won't get the justice that should have come their way, that some people will not have learned that they were free. I think about the slaves who were still slaves even after Abraham Lincoln had proclaimed the emancipation, even after the Civil War had ended, and they died never hearing the news, you are free. Can this really be it? Earth hurts. Today, we are honoring first responders. We're blessing them and their families in our service, in honor of their service for the common good. They have sacrificed much in this pandemic in the midst of political and racial unrest, and they continue to sacrifice. They've seen things they can't unsee. Their families have lost time they'll never get back. These first responders, they've seen the murder scenes, the signs of arson, 
the suicide attempts, the domestic violence, the scared and wounded children, especially the scared and wounded children, all of it. This is heavy. Earth hurts. And so when the preacher gets up there and says, in the words of Jesus, in our defense, the kingdom of heaven is among us, your response might just be like mine is sometimes. The kingdom of heaven is among us? You could almost laugh if it weren't for the fact that you think it's a cruel, cruel joke. It doesn't even seem remotely true on some days. And yet, here it is. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, here already at hang among, among us, within us, Pastor Nate preached. But that's, that's when you've got to think. Think about Galveston. See, we might think we're still slaves, that we haven't been set free. But in fact, the scriptures announce to us in Jesus Christ, it has been fulfilled and the power of the spirit continues to remind us over and over again that the war is in fact over, but not everyone has recognized their defeat. Not everyone has heard the news. Not everyone has surrendered to the true and rightful king, whose power is not the power we sometimes wield, the power over, the power to crush and destroy, but rather God's power is the power of love. To destroy sin and evil, yes, but to build up, to heal. In the book of Ezekiel, you have the context of this prophet getting visions while he is in Babylonian exile. In case you've forgotten, just for reference, that means the entire nation of Israel is held captive in a land not their own. They are exiles. They don't know Jerusalem. They don't know their home, their land. They're not there they're raising children who will never set their sights on Jerusalem. They feel at times abandoned by God. They're surrounded by powerful enemies, far more powerful than they. They have to deal with that reality. All around them is, the th is death and the threat of death. All around them is oppression and injustice. All around them is scarcity for their community, their people under threat for their beliefs, their way of life. So Ezekiel gets a vision. And in this vision, he sees this valley of the dry bones. And God asks Ezekiel, Shall these bones live, Ezekiel? Ezekiel, I imagine him thinking, probably not. But you alone, O oh Lord, you know. And God does, in fact, confirm that these bones shall live. These valley of the dry bones that represent a, a dead and dying Israel, a wasteland, 
no longer the flourishing, beautiful people rising and prospering, but rather a valley of dry bones, death upon death upon death for a long time. That's why they're dry. God says, I will pour out my spirit. I will breathe my spirit and they will take on flesh and they will come together and they will rise again. See, Ezekiel looks out and sees the valley of the dry bones and I think many of us, along with our first responders, can look around earth and wonder, shall these bones live? Can we really heal as a nation following such a contentious election cycle? Can we really heal after all of the racial tensions and divides and hatred and violence? Can we really rebuild our communities that are floundering and hurting? Can we come together and let a city like Pontiac know that they are cared for and loved and that we are coming alongside them no matter what the cost because we believe God has called us in service to them and not just to them, but to Detroit and to other places in our country and around the world. Shall these bones live? Shall these bones live? We too need to be reminded that though it doesn't seem often remotely true that the kingdom of heaven is in our midst, that in fact, earth will be transformed, we need to hear like the messengers to Galveston, Texas, and to Marathon, Katate, Nikomen, joy, good tidings, we are free. You know, that story of Marathon, I wanted to especially use it because that word, that karate, that joy is also related to the kind of announcement that Philippides is making. It's what's known as the Evangelion. It's what we translate evangelism, evangelistic, evangelist, gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the evangelion of Jesus Christ. It's this announcement of good tidings. And scripture bears witness that in Jesus Christ, on the cross, a battle was fought. A freedom was one that we did not earn, that we did not participate in. In fact, we were on the other side, if anything, the scriptures remind us. We were enemies of God and have been reconciled to God in Christ Jesus, if only we would listen, if only we would accept that in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven, we are free, and we are empowered to do good work in this world. You know what's so important about that? It's important because I think many of us walk around and we just think, if only so-and-so was a better person, my problems would go away. If only some, some kind of outside variable changed, then our lives would be better. The world would be a better place. 
we just think, well, if only I made more money, if my employer were nice to me, if my stocks really performed well, if these Jersey drivers, that's me, weren't so involved and all over the roads here, if, if only my spouse understood me more, if only my kids tried to make me proud, if, if only, if only, if only. It's always someone else's problem. But perhaps this scripture of on earth can remind us to be humble, to look introspectively and join our brothers and sisters in recovery who have this great line. There needs to be change. Let it begin with me. You see, I believe this thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth needs to begin with me, with you with us. We need our hearts set free. And we need to accept that we have been set free in Christ Jesus. And we haven't earned it because we look good or sound good or make good money or come from a good family or whatever good we want to add that simply the goodness of God, the radical grace of God in Christ Jesus has set us free. And so don't look out there and think if only those problems were solved. But instead, look at your own heart, your own life, and think about the issues there. Think about the challenges there. Think about the ways God is asking you to surrender your heart to the work of the kingdom here on earth. Will you listen to your emancipation? Will you listen to the good news, the good tidings? A victory has been won for you, one you did not earn, one you did not fight in, but can reap all the rewards. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, and let it begin with me. Amen.